You know, honey, training for such a long race can be very hard. She looked at me and said nothing. And remember, this is your first year at college. What are you studying? Juggling? Aerospace engineering. That sounds like a lot of work. Physically, this would be very tough. I'd hate to see you get hurt. You know, some women wind up sterile. Nothing. I sighed the way a man might when the judge asks if he understands the charges. Okay, when do we start? I took cold comfort from the knowledge that over several decades the image of marathoners has morphed from that of insane masochists who spend far too much time discussing black toenails to borderline normal. If you tell people you have completed a marathon, they are now more likely to greet you with congratulations than dear God, why? Certainly for this metamorphosis to have happened, someone must have found an easier way to cover such a daunting distance. The numbers suggest so. Each year, about a half million Americans tie on their shoes, rub Vaseline into their crotches, and complete one of more than 1,100 of these annual asphalt expeditions. Many will tell you that it is one of the best experiences of their lives, but it doesn't come easy. In addition to the routine discomforts of profuse sweating, lung-splitting hypoxia, and muscle aches better associated with prisoners in Russian gulags, long-distance runners risk many other maladies— Blisters, pulled muscles, heat stroke, hypothermia, sunburn, frostbite, shin splints, scrapes, bruises, dehydration, chafing, joint pain, collapsed arches, kidney failure, stress fractures, hip dislocations, chest pains, back spasms, athlete's foot, crotch rot, and something called illotibial band syndrome. Usually these problems are passing. Sometimes they are permanent. Either way, most of these runners are content to say that they ran that gauntlet once and joined the less than 1% of Americans who can make that boast. They will wear their commemorative t-shirt to every family event, retell the terrors of the road to much hilarity, and slap a 26.2 sticker on the back of their cars to tell the world, Been there, run that. If they're faster than Oprah, so much the better. The queen of daytime talk ran D.C.'s Marine Corps Marathon in 1994 in 4 hours, 29 minutes, and 15 seconds, which is about average. I assume she did not carry a wallet because a billion dollars, even in large bills, can slow you down. If this were a scientific experiment, these recreational runners would be considered the control group because they are more or less normal. A degree above that crowd are runners who take part in several marathons, usually over several years, and want to get faster. They are seekers of the elusive personal record, or PR. This is not to be confused with being PO'd, which is what happens when they invest several months in training, find a flat course on a cool day, and somehow finish 12 minutes slower than they did last time. These runners are likely to have a sweaty photo of themselves as their Facebook profile pic, to follow Runner's World on Twitter, and to have cached a series of notes in their smartphones about training, hydration, and recovery foods. They belong to local running clubs, and they enthusiastically greet every call for fundraising at the PTA with, Let's hold a fun run! They drape perspiration-soaked shorts and socks over the edge of the tub, They like to refer to their shirts as singlets. They are forever insisting that they have worn out perfectly good pairs of shoes and that they're nursing a pulled quad, especially when the dog needs walking. At my best, I was once part of this moderately competitive group. Then there are the running animals. If there really is a runner's high, these are the addicts. They get twitchy if their training drops below 50 miles a week. They inhale the fumes of moldy, fungus-filled shoes the way wine connoisseurs sniff Merlots.
They do everything the previous groups do, plus they have ten years' worth of old running magazines in a closet because one of them, they're not sure which one, has an awesome description of the Ethiopian team's diet. Their homes and offices are plastered with inspirational running posters that say things like, dying is easy, overpronating is hard. Their kitchens are mad scientist labs of protein powders, performance gels, and vitamins. Their default outfit, winter and summer, is running gear in all its permutations. For formal events, they'll pull on jeans but announce, Hey, I'm wearing my running shoes. I don't care what you say, Dina. They are largely solitary and can be approached for conversation only when the subject is running, and even then they'll recoil from anyone who does not automatically genuflect at the name Kip Kiprichich and they run rapidly enough to win, or at least place in the top ten of any given race. They are focused, fast, and not to be trifled with. I once saw a casual runner come between a competitive runner and an energy bar and lose a hand. Not really, but you get my point.